Ron and Anian. Everybody wanted cheap, and the industry kind of grew up. Everybody has learned the value of buying a good quality part. And, you know, that's 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 a huge part of this. The car doctor. Just take the tilt wheel, pull the lever, and just, you know, up and down, up and down, back and forth. Does wiggling the tilt aggravate the anti-theft system and cause it to come on? Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Come on aboard. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number. Call, leave a message. If we're not here, Tom Ray, executive producer, chief bottle washer, head cook, and everything else today as he's a man on the board and running the whole show next to yours truly. Uh, we'll go you back and get you in the live queue and get you in the lineup for the next live broadcast at 855-560-9900. Um, Tim McDonald's going to be stopping by today. Let's uh, This hour, let's uh, let's talk about that. Tim McDonald, he's the senior product manager for Mitchell One in your shop at your side. And, yes, they have been these many years. And Tim will be coming by to talk to us about the connected vehicle, how they're going to be doing some things, alerts from the vehicle, OBD2 ports, um, kind of interesting stuff that, you know, how, how connected vehicles are going to help us keep track of what cars need and when they need it and you know making it easier for you to decide whether to bring the car in for service so that'll be down around the bottom of the hour i think we're doing that he's also going to talk a little bit about how they're now able to decode open recalls off of vehicles and just some of the other things they're making to the repair shop software to you know make it easier for mechanics and in the end make it easier for you the consumer depending upon what you are out there you got to be one or the other um, it's like boys and girls you either own a car or you're working on cars one or the other um, it, you know, he will uh, be here to talk about that a little bit later on. But right now, uh, before I go to the phone, just one thought. I keep meaning to do this. You know, we're getting into the cold weather, uh, winter. And someone said this to me this morning, and I wanted to bring it up because I thought she had a really great point in that we're talking about warming up the vehicle. And she noticed that she warmed up her vehicle for the first time this week, this morning, as a matter of fact, in the garage. And her husband had backed it in. And not knowingly, she didn't realize that he had backed it in for whatever reason, get, you know, taking out groceries or whatever made it easier for whatever that reason. So, you know, she hit the button from inside the house to remote start the car and the exhaust was now coming inside the house. And she, you know, realized that when she smelled, you know, the exhaust coming in the house, you know, at a much stronger rate. So let's let's be mindful. I know we're into the cold weather and we're, we're, we're all, you know, excited to use our remote starts. And, yeah, I can get into a warm vehicle. But, um, you know, make sure that you're alive, <laughs> that you can get out there to the warm vehicle and not uh, not gas yourself to death. OK, so just be mindful of that. And also, you know, we've got snow today here in the northeast. There's snow in other parts of the country. If you are warming up the vehicle, uh, you know, make sure that if you do start it, and it's nearby that, you know, there's nobody in it, that the tailpipe is clear is what I'm trying to get to, that it's not going to back up exhaust and make it come out other places and also affect performance. Will it run? Will it cause other issues? So, um, you know. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. Well, you know, you're too dangerous with that board. I got to get Tony back. At least he was calm. So, but, um, yeah, just just make sure that, 
you know, as we're warming up the vehicles, we're aware of what we're doing there. That uh, it's 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 it's. I don't want to see anybody get hurt, and that's the bottom line. So warm the vehicle up, use the remote start. Just it's snowing, it's cold. You know, which way is it pointed, and is the tailpipe clear, and can you get it in and out safe, and uh, you know, uh, survive till the next week. So. Uh, that was it. I uh, hope I did that okay. Let's get over to William, Morristown, New Jersey. Some comments and questions about tires. William, we're on with the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Thank you for taking my call, Ron. I've listened to you ever since you started, and I've always told people, if you can't fix the problem, there never was a problem in the beginning. I didn't realize I didn't realize my uncle was going to call today's show, Tom. That's uh, that's Hey, we paid this guy good money. Now take the call. And be okay, quiet. I will. Go ahead, William. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Well, what I want to know is I have a... I, I have a 2013 F350 pickup truck. Okay. And I just ordered some new for $151 a piece. Falcon Wildcat uh, Wild Peak AT3 tires. And I know you say don't buy tires, you know, if the manufacturer is not in America. What's your opinion on Falcon tires? Um, well, let me correct you. I think what I'm saying is I'm not a fan of Chinese tires because there are some okay. ma- there are some major name brand tires that are not made here that I still consider okay tires. All right, so let's okay. let's let's just clarify that. Now, Falcon Falcon, if I'm not mistaken, is made in China, correct? Ah, uh, they say Japanese, but they have uh, you know offices here in California. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that I would want to know and read some product reviews. I'm very here's the problem with China, all right. And this mm-hmm. goes this goes back to uh, we took a class. I took a class back at the beginning of the year. I think it was March or April, and they brought in some lawyers and we talked about product liability. You know, people want to bring parts to repair shops and say, here, put the widget in. And, right. you know, the, the lawyer's conversation was, you know, you, you get this alternator that somebody brings you from China and you put it in the car. And then two weeks later, the car catches fire. The car melts down because the alternator was defective. And your insurance company is now going to, you know, look to, OK, who do, who do they go after to recover the cost? Well, they can't go after China very easily. You, you, think, you think you could sue a manufacturer in China? Um, all, the, all the different dialects, all the different locales, regions, the way the country's divided up, it's impossible. That's all right? right. So the liability, from a liability perspective, there's nobody to blame, and the food chain's going to follow it along to whoever, um, you know, frankly, either installed it or, you know, sold the product here in the U.S. Now, right. I'm no lawyer, but I'm just telling you what was passed along to us. So you're going to get right. these, these Falcon tires, and then you're going to take it to somebody to have them put on, right? Uh, yes. Okay. I don't want to be that guy. And, okay. And, and I say that because whoever you take that to, and somebody out there will do it. I'm sure they will. They'll just poo-poo right. it and say Ron's just being a nervous Nelly. But, you know, Ron right. likes living indoors and eating three meals a day, not oh, courtesy yeah. of the state. Um, right. uh, you know, it's... I mean, it's, they, get, they get great reviews on the Internet. Well, then you're going to be the guinea pig. You're going to be the first guy I know that's bought them, that, that's actually tried them and used them. Um, well, my you know, tire guy said he's gotten a million calls for them. Right. Okay. Listen, they might be the best thing since sliced bread. I've never heard of. Right. I've, I've heard of them. I haven't heard good or bad. I'm just get. I'm right. just getting leery of a non-name brand component right. okay. that's that's made offshore. All right. Well, just out of curiosity, you know, because a lot of people said that where are hand cooked tires made. 
Yes, but Hancock being a major brand, they have established offices here in the States. They've been around okay. a long time. And I understand what you're saying. These guys are here. You know, they're in California. Right. Well, mm-hmm. Hancock's in California. Matter of fact, Hancock's right here in New Jersey. Their, their local That's office. Right, yeah. So, you know, they're a little bit more firmly entrenched, meaning that if there's a problem, it's easier mm-hmm. to sue the guys here than there. It, it it all comes okay. back. To, it all comes back to money, Will. That's that's really oh, the bottom yeah. line. Uh, you know, if, that's, if, that's what I'm you know doing. Somebody said, "Oh, 151 dollars." Right. That's a good price for your big tire. Right. Yeah, it is. It's just, uh, you know, by comparison. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. All right. What? By comparison, how much was a name brand tire? Two hundred bucks a piece. Uh, for a set of Cooper AC3s, 175 Okay. So here's the part I don't get, and you got to help me with this. You're going to help me. For an extra $100 to not buy a name brand and not become the science project in the guinea pig, mm-hmm. why would you do that? I'm just asking. Yeah, true. You're right about that. Okay. And I wonder, right. if, I wonder if that's the human emotion. I wonder if that's the experience. You know, we all... We all like, oh, my gosh, I can save $100. But we don't look at the, just my opinion, just my way of thinking, man. I'm not saying you're wrong. But I just think we don't look at the other side. We don't look at the flip. All right? Okay, Um, well, you've given me some very good information. I mean, I guess I'm going to be the guinea pig because I don't think I've ordered them. I don't think the guy will take them back now. But You um, You know, I always look at it. Frankly, I look at it, and maybe I'm wrong in some extent, but, you know, I'll try some experiments if I'm driving the car. Right. You know, if you got a wife and kids, would you put them in the car? You know, you got to... I'm not, I'm not married at all. Okay. Then you're going to be the guinea pig. No, Perfect. Uh, well, you got to decide how much you love her. You're going to put her in the car or not? And she knows what a mechanic's wrench is. Right. So, you know, it's uh, it's just... Just be cautious, that's all. But, yeah, it's for, okay, a, for 100 bucks. Okay, you very much. You've been a big help. You're welcome, William. You're very welcome. Yeah, I think about that. You know, for 100 bucks, But we do that. Um, I still do that. I'll get on the Snap-on truck and, I'll, oh, yeah, he's right. I may need this. I may need that. Let me grab one of these. And then I think about it and I go, that'll never happen. Why did I do that? Um, and it's, it's, it's Or what's worse is then you'll end up sitting there looking at it, and every time you do, you'll sit there and go, why did I buy that? Right, and I've got a couple of those tools in the box. I've got a set of, and it's a funny story, and then we'll go. The Rogo guy came around, the Rogo supply guy for the people in Warwick, New York. They know who Rogo is. They're a big supply house up there. They're the guys with the yellow cabinets. And he comes in this week, and on the tool flyer, he's got these little, they look like folding, they look like knives. It's a fold-out wrench thing that goes on a brake line that gets around the whole hex and... He goes, oh, we've got these on special. They're only $99 while they last. Dude, I got a set of those from Snap-on about nine years ago. They're still sitting in the box with the plastic wrapper on them. I've never had a reason to take them off. I'll tell you what. I'll sell you my set for 50 bucks uh, if you get them out of my box because I just hate to throw them out. You know, some things you look at and you think it's going to be great and, oh, I can save time and money. And then, and you know what? My way of thinking is it's okay to play the science project with time and money like that, but I just... I wouldn't put a bed, I wouldn't put a, an offshore alternator in a car because they're too tough to take in and out and there's too many problems and I wouldn't put you know offshore tires on until somebody really proves to me that hey these things hold up because tires we ask an awful lot of them to keep us safe. 855-560-9900 Ron and Andy of the car doctor coming back right after this. 
You know, you just don't find music on iTunes. We found Ron and Indian right there. And he's right here. Back to Ron. Hey, let's get over and talk to Jesse in Texas. Jesse, welcome to The Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, Mr. Ron. How you doing? Uh, thank Good you for man. having me on your show. You're very welcome. What's, what's going on? Well, I'm looking to buy a used uh, truck. And uh, I thought I'd go to the pros to get some answers on uh, some uh, okay. So tell, t- t- tell me, tell me about the truck. What is this? An 08 F one fifty? Correct. Yes, and it's um, uh, it has a six cylinder engine. It is uh, no, I'm not a mechanic, so that's okay. <laughs> it's a four point two liter V six F I O H V. Okay, so, so it's it's a four two V six. Yeah. How many uh-huh. miles? How many miles are on it? Fifty-eight thousand. All right. What are you going to do with it? Well, I'm going to. I'm, I'm thinking of buying. I'm just going to use it, you know, for trucking around, the, you know, around town, and you know, using for, you know, going down to lumberyard and picking up stuff. So Harry, homeowner kind of stuff. You're not going to. Yeah, you know, kind of. Thing. It's 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 not any serious hauling, or you know, it's not towing or anything. No, like that. No, it won't be much towing. No. Uh, well, when you say much towing, what do you mean much? Like, what are you planning to tow with it? Oh, I might tell maybe a small utility trailer with a little bit of wood on it or something like that. Okay. That's about it. I mean, my only concern is the V six. It's a great, it's a great truck, and it's it's the the motors are reasonable. They're pretty solid. They had some issues with the early ones, and they've got them well worked out by two thousand eight model year. But I'm That's just good. I'm just concerned it's a V six. You know, because here's what here's what typically happens, Jesse. I, I talk yep. to somebody, and they what they hear. You know, we all have selective hearing, and I've got selective hearing. The older I get, the more selective it gets, all right? You know, it's, it's, you know, and if you're married, you know what this is like, right? She says to you, you know, will you do this? There's no, it doesn't register. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, you hear, hey, dinner's ready. Boom, you get up and you're ready to go. Um, you know, that's just, you know, that's husband hearing, selective hearing, whatever you want to call it. Uh, right. There's There's selective hearing on cars, too. So, you know, good truck, not really... A workhorse, all right. Not something with a lot of payload capacity, in my opinion, because you'll, right. you'll you, if you start to do that, you're gonna you're going to inevitably overload it. All right. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. you know the other question becomes, what are they asking for it? And before you answer that, what are they asking for it? And how does that compare to the marketplace when you start to do the research about you know what 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 other vehicles are selling for? Yeah. Well. It's um, it's actually I think very reasonably priced. It's not as a standard, and it has an extended cab with I think it's a six and a half foot uh, bed on it. Okay. And uh, there, uh, I've got it down to seven thousand dollars. All right. Now you're buying it from a dealer. No, from an individual. All right. So you know the other question becomes: Are they the original owner? A second owner. All right. And what part of Texas are you in? And, you know, you know the reason I'm asking, let me clarify that. The reason I'm asking is, are you anywhere near where, you know, the hurricane was? Could this, <laughs> any remote chance this could be a flood vehicle? Well, actually, I'm, I was dead in the heart of the flood of Harvey there, uh, Friendswood, Texas, just south of Houston. Right. You know, it's minutes out of, uh, south of Houston. But the vehicle is actually in Louisiana. Okay. All right. And, uh. All right, that's and that's okay. Um, you know, you're, you're going to go look at this. I mean, you're not just taking this. You're not buying this online, just you know, as a pig and a poke kind of a thing, right? You're going to go look at this vehicle. Correct. Yes, I, I had a friend listen to Eric. He looked at it uh, already, and he thought it was a pretty good deal. He looked at it, so uh, I thought I'd 
go ahead and uh, make the effort and drive up there and check it out myself. Right. I would I would at least try to get it up in the air and get a mechanic to look at it. Okay. You know, but I- but let me ask you this question. It's it's you know it's a, it's a V six F one fifty, you know, pickup truck. It's nothing special, or so it right. sounds. Um, mm-hmm. How far is Louisiana from the house? I mean, is it a couple hours? Uh, no, it's uh, it's about uh, five and a half hours. All right. Why are you going five and a half hours? I'm listen. I'm just being devil's advocate. Why? Are, no, I'm glad, I'm glad you're asking. <laughs> you know, why are you going five and a half hours to buy a bread and butter pickup truck that you could buy anywhere local? You know, even if it's a little bit more money, what's your time worth to go to Louisiana? And yeah. if, if if there's a problem, how are you going to take it back? Yeah. Well, I I figured. Well, this is my thinking: is that uh, when you buy from an individual, there's no warranty. There's not much recourse, I guess. But another thing was that I was looking at uh, truck uh, prices here in the area, and because of the flood and stuff like that, it seemed like prices kind of skyrocketed a little bit. Okay, I can. So, you know what? I can dig that answer. I get it. Um, it sounds it sounds valid. But do, do this before you take that vehicle on. Do a couple of things. Um, it's sure. it, it's got to go up in the air on a lift. You're going to have to find a local mechanic in Louisiana to put it up in the air. Go buy mm-hmm. an hour of the shop's time. Say, listen, I'm from Texas. I'm thinking of buying this truck. Can you guys do, do they do some kind of a two-page safety checklist? Look at the brakes. Look it over for oil leaks. Scan the computer for codes. All right? Most okay. in, most important, scan the computer. Make sure there are no fault codes and the monitors, the self-tests in the system, have run to completion and are listed as okay. They'll understand what I'm saying. You can play this podcast back, this radio show back, I'm sorry, as a podcast. If you get out to the cardoctorshow.com website, and you can you can pick it up there at Spreaker or wherever. Um, you're, okay. in the, you're in the second hour on December the 9th, down around the bottom. You're halfway through. But they want to look at monitors. Are the monitors complete? No fault codes. If the monitors are incomplete, and there are no fault codes, that means somebody's cleared something or it had a dead battery, and now we've got to ask that question, all right? Last, before I let you go, take the 17-digit serial number, run it through Carfax, run it through the NHTSA.gov website, make sure there's no open recalls on the vehicle, and then you'll know you're getting a good one. Last, pull the dipstick, look at the engine oil. You can judge a lot by the dipstick. It's not what you see. It's not what you see. It's what you don't see that you're looking for. Jesse, let me know how you make out, and I'm here if you need me. Ron Nane, the car doctor. I'll be back right after this with Tim McDonald. Don't go away. Need to get your car doctor fixed, but you just can't listen right now? Well, go to cardoctorshow.com for all of our podcast opportunities. And now, back to Ron. Technology is, well, to say technology is all around us is an understatement. It's, you know, we live it, we we breathe it. Uh, I, I was driving uh, to the chiropractor this morning, and I called, uh, you know, uh, a nanny and daughter number three and just to catch up on the week, and uh, she was talking about Christmas and that, and I said, send me a link, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about it. I'll look at it. You know, I remember the days when there wasn't a link. I remember the days when the technology wasn't there to be able to do that. There was no Internet. And now here I am still fixing cars 43 years beyond, and and you think about that technology and how it's being woven into the fabric of the vehicle. Oh, wait a minute. You called from the car. You called from the road. Do you remember the days when you used to go out, when you used to go someplace and then come back and then call collect for yourself to to tell them you were home, but they wouldn't take the call because you weren't there? Right. Right. And right. I never did that, Tom. My relatives did. Welcome to my house. Well... (laughs) 
uh, the things you find out about people as time goes on. But you look at the technology, if I can go back to my, my segment here, and you say to yourself, well, look what's being created. Well, the folks over at Mitchell are no strangers to the technology we're creating, and I always enjoy talking to our next guest, Tim McDonald. He's a senior product manager for Mitchell, Mitchell One, and um, it's always a pleasure to have him here. We get to talk to him a couple of times a year, and one of these days we're going we're gonna to meet again in person. It's been about 10, 12 years, but uh, we're going to catch up at Vegas one of these days, I promise. Tim, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hi, Ron. Glad to be with you, and happy holidays to everybody listening. Thank you. Um, Recalls. What, what triggered this conversation this this time around is I've noticed that in using my Mitchell repair program, now when I bring and I open up a Toyota, for example, just had it yesterday, had an 08 Camry came in, and it had three open recalls, driver's door switch and accelerator pedal and something else. And I thought, look at the technology that's available. How are you guys doing that? You know, it is kind of a magic thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, basically what happens is, uh, and Toyota, Lexus, or Scion vehicles are the first of hopefully many uh, OEs that will uh, work with us on this service. Uh, Toyota was very much interested in getting the right kind of information in front of the, the broader motoring public so that uh, they could get a better response or close rate on getting these recalls knocked out. So basically... Uh, with a little bit of uh, magic behind the scenes, when a uh, Toyota Lexus or Scion VIN number is decoded, as soon as that is decoded as a valid VIN number, it immediately goes out and pings a server at Toyota and and makes the open recalls button light up for you and says, hey, you've got the following recalls available to you. And those could be printed for the customer or copied to a clipboard, whatever you want to do. And we currently have other makes in test right now, so those your software will automatically will work with those makes as soon as they, they come online. I would tell you this, for Toyota alone, they have seen 750,000 unique VIN numbers from Manager SE in less than 12 months regarding 130 recalls and campaigns. Now... So, so for example, the guy with the 08 Camry yesterday, when I handed him the, and I printed it out, when I handed him those three sheets of paper and said, here, you've got three open recalls on the car, that's right from Toyota. As far as Toyota's concerned, those recalls have not been done. Exactly. And the fact is that you, as, as an independent shop, that you have that level of information increases that customer confidence level uh, because you're able to do this for them. Oh, he was stunned. He said, "No, that can't be right." I'm saying, "Peter, I'm telling you right now, man. This is got this is right from Toyota. Uh, I, you know, it's 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 due. You've got to go back and get this done because some of them are pretty serious. The accelerator pedal thing, and um, it, oh, yeah. it, 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 it's just such a great feature. Yep. So, so, so it's happening. If I may, it's happening yeah. in real time. Uh, so it's absolutely up to date. And once that, for example, if it was you know Takata uh, airbag recall or something similar, as soon as that's closed, it's reflected within three days. Wow. That's amazing. Because I wasn't sure. I said to him, you know, you could go to NHTSA.gov and do the recall thing that way. But mm -hmm. all that tells you is if the vehicle was eligible for a recall. You're, yes, you're, no you're, status. You're, right. You're telling me this is actual status on the recall, that the Toyota dealer did it or didn't do it and reported it as such, and this is up to the minute information within, as you say, 72 hours. Exactly right. So it's much more valuable and, and precise. Where are we going with connected vehicles? 
you know, this is a this is a whole nother. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get this in before we run out of time. It's like, sure. uh, you know, where are we going with connected vehicles? Just to change gears for a second, because I could go on about the recalls for the next half hour. I know um, it, it uh, seems like our opportunity to talk comes sooner every year, and we have more and more to say every year. Yeah, yeah. Well, the concept is fairly simple. The shops are going to have a uh, a dongle, which is basically a transmitter that they'll get from one of several inve- uh, vendors and put in, on the customer's vehicle diagnostic port, and that's ODB2 if you speak the language. This is similar to the progressive insurance device to monitor driving habits of their customers. So what happens is a vehicle triggers a diagnostic alert, uh, some kind of trouble code situation, and it's communicated from the vehicle to the vendor's cloud to our cloud, coming down into manager SE as an alert. could be as simple as an EVAP code where the shop calls the customer and says, hey, did you just get gas? I don't think you clicked the gas cap tight enough. The condition is corrected, the code's cleared, the account is, or excuse me, the alert is closed with notes about what happened. If it's more serious, then that alert turns into a service event, and knowing the trouble codes ahead of time allows the shop to proactively schedule technicians and order parts, as the case may be. So those kind of service providers are going to be on the cutting edge. How how are we connecting... Boy, I I plug it into the OBD2 port. How is that device in the port communicating to the server in the cloud? Through the through the through the vehicle wireless through the the, the vehicle owner's cell phone or has it got a built-in wireless platform? It is going to be a, a built-in wireless platform, so it, it takes care of that by itself. So we know by who built the dongle and the, how the shop equipped, how to interpret that and how to uh, deal with the information that's being relayed. You know, Tim, that's just that's just stunning. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, you're 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 going you're gonna to take all the fun out of this because it's just going to get to be too regular of a business. I can't imagine things being too organized. Oh, uh, I know it. Uh, I mean, you're going to know what's wrong. Uh, you're going to have a serious heads up before that vehicle gets there, and the customers are going to get an increased level of service and peace of mind. Well, and I take it I take it one step further too. So I put the dongle in the car. The car drives out to Pittsburgh. And you know the the parents are here in New Jersey, and they get a they get an alert. I bet the next thing you're going to tell me is they can email me the report that they got sent about the kid's car in college, and ask their mechanic back home what's wrong with it before they go to the mechanic out there. Right? That's about right. Yeah, I can I can see it coming. I I gee whiz, it's it's like yeah, the world. Yeah, there's a lot of getting, practical applications yeah, coming. It really is. Talk to me about pro demand because I've got I've got questions I'm seeing, and I guess you know my questions are that how much I'm, time you got? Well, yeah, <laughs> three minutes. Uh, All right. Really, I, I see I see the one search function increasing, um, the pattern failure information increasing. Um, you know, where are we going with this, Tim? It's getting to the point where it, the, the the program knows what's wrong with the car before I ask it. Right. Well, in terms of uh, pro-demand, there's, there's several things that we've done in the, in the past three months, but I guess uh, OneSearch Plus probably rises to the top. And I would tell you, if, let me make you or share with you a comment. Customers tell us, hey, you added a lot of information. And the point is, actually, what we did is make a lot of existing repair information more accessible and floating it to the surface. So OneSearch Plus makes navigation easier by returning the OE and real-world information in one lookup in a graphical card format. So if you're familiar with a cell phone, it's very intuitive uh, how it works. So the cards lay out on the screen in a workflow following how a tech would naturally work on a job, making the process easier to complete. You're not scrolling because the data is now organized into cards you can see. If there's no information, the card that card does not populate. You don't have to worry that you're in the wrong module. You don't have to jump in and out of repair or service manual. It's just laid out in front of you, and that's what creates the impression, wow, there's more information in here. 
there's a mountain of information, as you know, published by OEs every year. The key to it is making it accessible. Tim, in a minute or less, do you think the concept of the connected car, the way they're tying everything together, the pattern failures in the database, the, the, the dongle on the OBD2 port, are we getting ready for self-driving cars so that the information is clearer, making them somewhat easier possibly to repair and we take the human element out of the, out of the equation? That's a good question. Uh, I would I would say this that uh, what we're what we're playing with right now is is bringing some aspects to the consumer driven vehicle uh, and creating some magic. I have to think that the self driving cars this is already anticipated in the design, so I think that's already part of the picture. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just it's just look at the age we got to grow up and how cool is this, right? Uh, a couple of kids. <laughs> it's happening before our eyes. Yeah, it really is. You know, we're seeing Star Trek unfold as we as we motor on down the highway. Yeah. Well, my friend, I've got to go. If the listeners want more information, where can I send them? Well, actually, you should go to Mitchell1.com, and there is a variety of information as far as our products and support, support rather, and service. Oh, one last thing, you yeah. know, um, for the self-motivated and automotive service inclined, there is a do-it-yourself product, and that's available at www.eautorepair.net. A great stocking stuffer because you, for 20 bucks they can have a month worth of information. Uh, they can $30 for a year or $45 has a four-year subscription for those who are so inclined. Hey, great. Listen, I, I wasn't aware of that. I, you know, I learned something every time I talk to you, my friend. Me too. Oh, thank you very much. Listen, you say hello to Mr. Doulette and everybody out there in Mitchell Land, and uh, we'll talk again real soon. I surely will, and thanks for this time together. Thank you, Tim. We take good care. I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor. We're coming back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, rolling along. Let's go over and talk to Debbie in North Carolina. Debbie, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Uh, yes, sir. We have a 99 Grand Jeep Cherokee. Nothing's wrong with it uh, except the heating and air. The heating blows out. The air, I mean, it feels that it gets warm, but nothing comes out through the vents, the floor, or the defroster. But you can really hear the air is blowing, and it is cool, and it is hot when it's supposed to be. Okay. Um, has anybody looked at this yet, Deb? Well, uh, we took it to a, a, a mechanic, supposedly, and uh, he didn't he didn't know what it was, so evidently he's not a mechanic. Right. Uh, or he just doesn't know about Jeeves, I don't know. Okay. But um, we've had several people tell us it's some sort of blend door. They, we've had people tell us all these things, but... I want to take it to the Jeep dealership, but my husband says it's too old. Well, it's only too old if you're not going to fix it. You know, it's it's. And listen, I'm not saying it's got to go to a Jeep dealer. It's just got to go to somebody knowledgeable. So let's 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 look at it like this. The first place I would stop on a, on a repair like this is the first thing I would do, believe it or not, is scan it for fault codes. Has anybody done that? I'm going to say no, probably. No. Right. No, no one scanned it. Right, and the reason is, is because on a 99, like a lot of vehicles of that vintage and going forward, they're all like this, um, there are there are body computers involved here. There is an AC heating uh, module here, and they have the ability to set faults and run self-tests, and I'd, I'd be willing to bet that you're going to see things like, and the, the numbers are immaterial, but they're actual numbers, a 52, a 54, a 56, which which all point towards blend door issues, and at least it tells you which doors may or may not be opening. 
maybe the system comes up clean. Maybe it's maybe it's got no blend door issues and it's something else. But the only way I can know that is, what does the computer see? I'm going to use the car to help diagnose it. Do you have a? Um, you ever been in a house with a uh, an attic fan? I have been, yes, sir. You know, a central, a central air upstairs, or central fan upstairs. And if you don't open the windows or the doors, no air flows through, correct? Yes, sir. Same thing, all right? You've got the same problem here. You've got doors closed, so you've got all this noise, all this fan is running, but it can't push or pull or put the air anywhere because the doors are closed. We've got to find out why the doors are closed. And a, 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 a scan of the system will tell us that. 92% of the time... These are blend door issues. These are actuator issues. The fact that it's not coming out anywhere, we've got to look for something common as far as one fault, what one particular thing has failed. Did this all fail at once, or was this over time? I think it was over time because there was a period in the beginning when it started that the air would really be, if you had it on max AC, it was really blowing out. Right. But then there would be periods of almost like it was not blowing, and then it would blow again. So it may be like shorting out there or something. Well, or was it maybe it came out one side, not the other, or from the top and the bottom, but not the middle? Could it, could it have been like that, too? And, you know, if, if that's the case, again, we're back to blend door issues. Let's get it scanned. Any reasonable repair shop with some good diagnostic skills can do that. It doesn't have to go to the dealer. But whether you go to the dealer or not, let's pay for a diagnosis. Let's spend 100 bucks. Let's pay for a diagnosis, and let's see what kind of answers they come back with, and then we'll make a decision on whether or not we're going to fix it because this is wintertime, and you know if it gets cold, you're going to need heat. You're going to need to defrost the windows. It won't be a safe vehicle for people to drive, and that's a major concern. So do that. Call me back next week. I'm glad to help you with anything I can. Um, get me some basic information, Deb, and we'll go from there. 855-560-9900. Ron Anning, The Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. Ooh, yeah. A couple of things we talked about the last two hours uh Today, this week's show, um, used cars and recalls and things like that. So I got a, I got a quick list I put together in my head. I want to go over with you real quick before I go. Um, you're buying a used car. You want to know about it. All right. Couple of questions. Did the service department, if you're buying it from a dealer, did the service department service the vehicle on a regular basis? My concern is about where did it come from and who's been working on it. All right, so just just keep that in mind. Where did that car come from? What kind of information can you give me? Are there any open recalls on the car? You know, if you decide to purchase this thing, if there's any open recalls, any software updates from the vehicle manufacturer, get them done before you purchase the car. All right. Ford's, for example, Ford's got a bunch of recalls, not recalls, but updates for the software for my touch for the for the radio and telephone interface. So they talk to each other. Make sure all that's done and working before. But all cars that should just be that way. Any chance it's a flood car? Where's it coming from? With all the bad weather we've had in the country in the last year, there's an awful lot of opportunity for flood vehicles to be out there, and you've got to be aware of them. Is there any kind of extended warranty for powertrain, engine, trans, the big stuff, the big things that are going to cost you big money? What's the deductible, and how good is the warranty company? Last, was it a smoker's car? All right? Check the ashtray if it's equipped. Not all cars have ashtrays anymore. Not all cars were cigarette lighters, so be aware of that. And last, the number one tip, you know, uh, take a look. What are the radio? 
radio presets set like. It'll always tell you who was driving that car. And last one other thing, does it have a locking lug nut on it? And where's the key? Make sure you know that too. Till the next time, I'm Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. It's been a pleasure. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya. Every-